coming up. No, but I stood in a really embarrassing way. And embracing your inner anger. Just the whole thing fills me with horror. It's all about playing the truth, guys. Stay connected. Stay informed. Those Mickey Mouse ears. Everybody in Toy Town is going to die and it'll be at my hand. Yeah, definitely not for children. It's not didactic. I think I might have lost the meaning, though. Insert the Iranian double pause. <laughs> That'll do. Sam, you've never been so actory. And how do you say that? Well, there you go. And now, enjoy the podcast. How do you say that? 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 Hello and welcome to today's episode of How Do You Say That? Sponsored by BritishVoiceOver.co.uk. It's the show that is dedicated to anyone who's ever had to read a script out loud in front of a microphone, just like I'm doing now. So, here's my co-host, Mark Rice. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> and today's fun fact about Mark is that he always tries to get an aisle seat on an aeroplane. Oh, I, I don't like being stuck by the window. It's the whole... I don't really sleep on aeroplanes, Sam. Right. And it's the whole thing about having to climb over other people if you need the loo. I, it's oh. Just the whole thing fills me with horror. But <laughs> So, you don't, you don't like a window seat? No, You're don't like a window. Always, oh. always by the aisle. Always by the arm. I figure I can get out easier if there's an emergency as well. But, you know, there we go. (laughs) Well, my co-host is Sam Boffin. And when she was 12 years old, she played a street urchin in La Boheme at the Royal Mm -hmm. Opera House in Covent Garden. Now, that's very fancy, Sam. I did, I did. It was... uh, uh, It was... The most extraordinary experience, actually, because we, we rehearsed, not in Covent Garden, we, we didn't rehearse in the Opera House at all. And so the very, very first time that we ever did it on that stage uh, was was an actual evening where we performed in front of, and it's huge. It is huge, the, I know. The uh, Royal yeah. Opera House. And when you walk out onto that stage and there's just tears and tears of people wow. all looking <laughs> at you. It was it was quite extraordinary. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. Well, of course, we also have a special guest with us who this week is head voiceoverist, Philip Banks. <laughs> Hi, Philip. Thanks for coming Hi. on the show. Uh, you're welcome. I was free. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, 300 million Americans know Philip Banks for his TV promo work for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and Late Night with Seth Meyers. Ah, yes, but he was born in Ilchester, Somerset. He left school at 16 and an old life assurance company paid him to be educated in law and economics. He did his first voice gig for Red Dragon FM in Cardiff in February 1990 on his 30th birthday and never looked back. So voiceover beckoned full-time in 1992. God, they were the days. And (laughs) he moved to the, is it Murray Firth? Mm. Murray Firth in Scotland? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, 20-odd years ago. And now, on the average day, he sees more seals than people. Oh, it sounds idyllic. So, Philip, I understand (laughs) you have a fun fact for us all about Walt Disney. Yeah, I love the way you just dovetailed into that. (laughs) It's not that fun. I mean, I was at Disney Studios um, uh, several years ago. And I was with two friends of mine, Bill and Camille. Uh, you will know both their voices if you've ever been to either Disney Parks or Disneyland. Because oh. Bill is the guy who goes, Hi, kids, welcome to Disneyland. <laughs> Brilliant. For those of you who don't know, when Walt Disney died, they just sealed his office. No, I didn't, oh, I didn't know, that. know that, no. Yeah, well, several years ago when I was in um, Los Angeles you know, mm. and, and at Disney Studios, they just finished unsealing it and all the precious stuff that they'd taken out... They put back in again. I, I don't know anybody else. Uh, there, there are obviously loads of other people, but I'm not aware of anybody else who can say, you know, I was wandering around Walt Disney's office. That's incredible. So what? why 
Why have they done it? Who goes there? Is it like a sort of a museum piece or? I, yeah, I suppose so. And it's it's right. the, you know, if they're trying to court someone. Right. But what's nice was, I, I wasn't aware of this, um, all the films that Disney made, most of them were based on books. And he always had a first edition of all these books. Oh. Um, and I saw this bookshelf and the archivist um, explained that to me. He said, he said, so he's got like Mary Poppins. And he pulled one mm. book out and it was literally at random. Uh, and he said, like this one, he said, Disney in the 60s made a film about a multimillionaire Frenchman who found gnomes on his land. Um, and it was called The Gnome Mobile. And he showed me the book. And I said, that was the first film I ever saw as a child. Wow. No. Yeah. And that was, like I say, nobody could have known that. That's a very fun fact. You said it wasn't very fun. I think that's an amazing fact. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Let's have a look at our first script of the show and ask, Ooh. how do you say that? How do you say that? This isn't something I've been working on this week, uh -huh. but it is something that I have done relatively recently. And because Philip's fun fact was all about Disney... I've bought a documentary script all about Disney. It's like we had a production meeting or something. Isn't it extraordinary? <laughs> it's extraordinary. Who knew that that would happen? <laughs> well, in, indeed. <laughs> Looking at the script, Sam, it, it's relatively dark, this. It goes dark. I've given you the, the, um, the intro, as it were. Mm -hmm. Immediately after this bit, it does go a bit dark. It goes into all sorts of, sort of little secrets. The and bad side um, of Disney. Yeah. Okay. When okay. Disney goes bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What kind of channel was it for? So what kind of documentary are we talking? Well, this one was an online documentary. So mm -hmm. you can probably find it somewhere if you oh. if you have a look for it. Yeah, so it just it just went out online. So it wasn't for, you know, Channel 4 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Style-wise, like Nat Geo or, or generic documentary? or I think the clue is actually in the language they use. Yep. It's a lot more conversational than a sort of... It's not didactic. It's, it's a voiceover that, um, that is very personal. Welcomes you in. And personable, yes, yep. absolutely, okay. I think, anyway. Well, I guess I get to go first this you week. You do. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> All right, let's give it a try. The Walt Disney Company is everywhere, and over the years they've crept into more and more places, thanks in large part to billions of dollars of acquisitions of already famous brands. Some of you may be huge Disney fans and view this as a great thing. After all, more brands within the Disney family can mean more awesome theme park rides and attractions. But there are also Disney detractors who view the Disneyfication of things as dumbing down or as an edge softening of a brand that had previously had some grit. And we're going to explore both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. Fab. Who did you think... It's, it's interesting, actually, because I don't even necessarily know the answer to this, but who did you think you were talking to? I thought probably Disney fans, but when mm. you said YouTube, it's like just people coming across it. Absolutely. But I, I found it a sort of slightly irksome script in that sense. Right. Because it used things like awesome and, you know, awesome theme park rides and attractions. And then it goes into Disney detractors and Disneyfication, which felt I kind of got Americanisms, but not mm. children. Mm. Is that what you were hinting at? That, that, yeah. that maybe it was towards the children? No, I didn't get from the language, I didn't get it was for, for children particularly. But that middle paragraph feels yeah. more children y. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it does a bit. It does so a bit. What do you think, Philip? What do you think? I think it's people who love a backstory. Yeah. Uh, and, and so therefore they're, they're not necessarily invested in, um, in the showbiz. Mm -hmm. um, mm. You know, there's some people who, who will tell you how great the rides are at Disney. 
whereas there are other people who tell you that the members of the staff get to their positions on Disneyland through tunnels. <laughs> so that you don't see seriously. So you don't see them wandering around aimlessly, ah. you know, Snow White with a gin and tonic and a, a you know, and, <laughs> and a, a fagging around. And <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly that. Would you like a go, Philip? We'd love to hear what your take is on this. Yeah, sure, sure. The Walt Disney Company is everywhere, and over the years they've crept into more and more places, thanks in large part to billions of dollars of acquisitions of already famous brands. Some of you may be huge Disney fans and view this as a great thing. After all, more brands within the Disney family can mean more awesome theme park rides and attractions. But there are also Disney detractors, who view the Disneyfication of things as dumbing down, or as an edge softening of a brand that previously had some grit. And we're going to explore both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. I have to say, you have a voice, uh, Philip, that literally draws you into a story. Yeah. And and for anybody that hadn't connected your name with your voice, I think that just went away because everyone who's ever heard anything that you've done is now right on board. I love that. Yeah. That was a great read. That was beautifully laid back. That was there was no there was no sell in that at all, and yet you wanted to hear more and more of it. <laughs> well, Sam, I think we ought to listen to the way that you did it for the client. Yeah, interesting. I think it's probably some. It's kind of a halfway house between the two of you, actually. So that'd be interesting. So, The Walt Disney Company is everywhere. And over the years, they've crept into more and more places, thanks in large part to billions of dollars of acquisitions of already famous brands. Some of you may be huge Disney fans and view this as a great thing. After all, more brands within the Disney family can mean more awesome theme park rides and attractions. But there are also Disney detractors who view the Disneyfication of things as a dumbing down or as an edge softening of a brand that previously had some grit. And we are going to explore both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, definitely not for children. No. <laughs> and, I, and, the, and the way you did it, it was, it was obvious that it wasn't there. And, and I remember actually that last line, and we're going to explore, I remember not doing the contraction on that. Oh, OK. I remember... Literally, because if uh, you want it to feel, dun, 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 yes. you know, so um, and and I remember uncontracting it, and they didn't seem to mind. So, well, let's remember that these are real scripts that we've been working on. We've changed names and some details to avoid copyright issues. But as Sam said, you might well be able to find this documentary online. Yeah. Um, but that is the first script with all three of us. Let's move on, Sam. Yeah. Now, Philip. You've bought a, a script, a much shorter script. So can you tell us a bit about this? All TV companies globally, you know, they've got the website, the app, the so-and-so and the so-and-so. They've realised, you know, particularly for a commercial mm-hmm. operation, there are ways to uh, somehow stave off the uh, uh, the effects of um, advertising revenues falling. Uh, yeah. mon- Monetise everything. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's why, you know, there's the website with ads on it, uh, but also an app for most people's phone where effectively you could go to this TV station's app um, and you can actually find out the latest stock prices. And, and of course, for them, rather than put a promo in saying, you know, tonight at nine on wherever, mm. they can actually do something like this. The thing that shocked me about this, Philip, was that it said 15 seconds at the end. So all of that really was squeezed into 15 seconds. Yeah. You see, now this is fascinating because I'm listening to your voice, Philip, I'm listening to the way you did the Disney script and 
I'm thinking, okay, so you've got a really, you you feel as though you've got a really laid back voice and a really laid back delivery. So now I'm looking at this script and thinking, how the hell does he do this then? <laughs> do you go into a completely different mode to do this? Yeah, sometimes. I can remember the producer who wanted this. Um, she said, if you if it's not physically possible to get in 15 seconds, then, and it was, you know, we had to lose something. Um, yeah. Right, yeah. And so the thing to do is rather than them run pictures for me to look at, which obviously isn't very practical down the line, mm -hmm. it's just get me to do it. Allow yourself to take the breaths. Um, you know, so basically you've got one, two, three, four, five punches. Yeah. You know what it is when somebody's really angry and they're shouting at you, you just wait yes. for them to calm down. Mm. But if somebody comes and leans right into you um, and then just says, we need to talk, we need to talk now. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, and yes. then you're just thinking... Frisk him for weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I want to hear how Sam does this because Sam okay. is has, Sam is very chocolatey. But you, but you, it frightened you the idea of fifteen seconds on this, didn't it? Well, fr fright is probably slightly <laughs> over the top, but it. I, I did. Yes, fifteen seconds always makes me slightly, uh, slightly nervous. So, uh, but intensity is probably a good yeah. place to start. So I think I'll be intense rather than energetic. Maybe. Right. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Um, and we're WCAX? Yes. WCAX, which is not the name of the company no, it was originally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the WCAX app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights, all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the WCAX app today. Yeah, it's fast. It's fast. But it is intense. I like that. I like that. Mm. Um, it may be that we didn't change the four letters to the correct four letters to go with the word app. I don't know. But uh, it w yeah. it, there was some intensity there, Philip. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just having that energy. It's, um, you know, in the, in the, in the teen movies, you know, yeah. everybody's going hysterical. And somebody says, what's happening? And they're very calm. And they just go, oh, my God. Dun, dun, dun. And it's that kind of read. Yeah, mm. okay. Mm. I'm not sure I did it justice, but uh, however, that was <laughs> it is what it is, guys. <laughs> right, let me have a go and I'm going to cuz originally when I saw it, I thought it big shouty and, and it's obviously not that. It's more much more intense than that. So, I'm going to uh, take Philip's lead here and and see if I can do it intense without shouting and you know me, <laughs> that's going to be quite difficult. <laughs> right. The WCAX app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts, and market insights. All in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the WCAX app today. Well, I'm, I'm I, I have full marks. Yeah, I get out of breath listening to that. Oh, Mark. I think I might have lost the meaning, though. No, but 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 in terms of dialing down, coming, as you rightly say, normally you would have given that. A, a very different kind of a read. Mm. So to be able to change that, that's quite a dramatic change from your the normal read you would have done. Hooray, don't I can do think? a change. Hooray. <laughs> no, no, but don't you think it, it was quite a different? Yes, it was different. It was yeah. different. It felt different too. Yeah. Probably just as well. Philip, you said out of breath. You felt out of breath at the end of that. Listening. Yeah, but the point is that was only because I was listening from a technical side. I wasn't actually listening yeah. to what you were saying. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yes, I know exactly what you um, mean. I knew, yep. I knew yep. what you were selling me. Yes. Um, so it was, yep. it was just I was hearing it. Um, most people, that, and that's the thing, the things that we voiceovers think people notice, they actually don't. Mm. 
Mm. True. And I guess the producer would have cut the breaths out anyway of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. so the idea is to, to do it, you know, if um but if she, you know in this case it's a girl uh, you know if she had 15 seconds worth of words and bearing in mind she's syncing them to shot changes yeah yeah you know, so you've got the typical thing you know the, with the globe and the screen's going red and then somebody looking into their phone and... <laughs> oh i know the pictures it's really obvious isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. i want to hear that i want to hear the intensity and, and as you I say do. punching the statements because i think this will be fascinating philip go for it the wcax app global market news in one place customizable sections and personalized alerts Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights, all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the WCAX app today. Oh, I love the all in your hands. Yeah. (laughs) I see exactly what you mean about the intensity. I see exactly what you mean about the punching of that. It became really obvious, didn't it, Sam? It really did. And am I right? Was this for an American? Yeah. Client, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well I, I, in, in fact, yeah, they're, they're, they're based in America, but they're, they're, they're a global operation. So. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that because there is a massive difference between TV promo America yeah. and yeah. TV promo UK. Mm-hmm. And, and it's quite a different, it's quite a different thing. So that that I mean that was a that was a great read, you know, and 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 you absolutely got it all in. I I wonder if it would be different if it was if it was for a UK even a global UK brand. Yeah, yeah. that's it. The the, the the there wouldn't be the urgency. No. Yeah. Um, so if Sky was to do it, for instance, yes, absolutely, it, it would be written differently and it wouldn't be as intense. Yeah, yeah it, you know, the global market news all in one place. It's like no one cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You know, so you could actually you could actually lose um, the all in one place and the all in your hands. And if you actually did, um, and it's a good uh, a good example. It's like a, a BBC One promo. Yeah. You know, if you you know if you said the BBC app, global market news, customizable sections, and personalized alerts, stocks tracking, interactive charts, and market insights. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the W. Download the BBC app today. It's really interesting. Just, just the the way you were doing that, you dialed up the friendly completely. Yeah. They've also got a different. Yeah. Exactly. Each each news broadcaster has a different remit. Yes. And um, if their if their remit, for instance, is global market news all in one place, that's what you dial up. Whereas mm. and somebody else might be we get there first or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. True. Why it's interesting is that there's no one size fits all just because no. it's a news broadcaster or a, what well, could be for for any any company that's what i love about the difference is you've got to really when you're doing something you've got to really tap into what that individual company is looking for what their remit seems to be and that's only partly in the writing obviously yeah because there's some promo producers are under so much pressure that it's just you know that um there was a a beacon radio had a a commercial they were in wolverhampton had a commercial production department and i'm not joking it was called that'll do productions quite like that <laughs> that'll do um, that'll do that'll do <laughs> yeah yeah that's i've it. been and, in sessions uh, where they've done that that'll do was it truman capote once said about you know he, he was looking at somebody's work and he said this isn't writing this is just typing <laughs> <laughs> it's the monkeys doing it the hundred monkeys on 100 typewriters isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit like you know one of the things in playing a character is not playing the character but playing the truth of the character, if you see what I mean, it's 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 that kind of thing, isn't it? That you're not Sam. You've of... never been so actory. 
Me? Have I not? Yes, you've oh, never sorry. been so active <laughs> right, in something well, it's all, you've said. It's all about playing the truth, guys. <laughs> yes, and, and embracing your inner anger. Yes, Embracing indeed. it all, you know what I mean. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad, you know. I'm glad I came across like that. I got a whole video game based on the fact that I could do a Welsh accent that no American producer could recognise. My friend Nancy Wolfson in America sent me this thing. She said, if you're interested, do this, if not, throw it in the bin, because she knows I delete auditions. <laughs> there was just one line, and somebody was late with a script. And so what they said was, we're looking for a villain for a video game, and we're looking for Sir Anthony Hopkins, but not Silence of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay. um, and so I thought, well, he comes from North Wales. He was born under, you know, in the shadow of um, Mount Snowdon. I just came in here, and it was literally just one line, and I can't remember what I said. You know, uh, it, it would have been something, something like, you know, everybody in Toy Town is going to die, and it'll be at my hand. <laughs> and I just sent it off to them, and then they, they sent me a call sheet. It's the funniest one I've ever read, and it was like uh, the call sheet was, you know, sort of, um, you know, whoever that was playing the character, Dave Smith playing Trevor, you know, fifty lines and so and so, blah blah blah. But they had a line count. And the line, it's Philip Banks, line count, and I'm not making this up, humongous. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say that? And now, here is the moment that sorts out the wheat from the chaff and the trees from the woods. It is the wild card section. So, let's see if we can approach these scripts in a completely different way. So, Philip, can you pick one of the scripts and give Mark a new uh, idea for it, a new motivation for it. Actually, if we just uh, if we just stick with script two, yeah. okay, but do it as a BBC promo at the end of the news. Oh, okay. So Radio Four. So nothing in vision, just Radio Four. Straight Radio oh, Four. Oh wow. Okay. okay. This right. is my bread and butter, mate. Yeah. You do exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll have a, I'll have a go. I'll have a go. The WCAX app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights, all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the WCAX app today. Lovely. It was still too much for Radio 4, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah, You needed your feet up on the table. Yeah, yeah, a little (laughs) bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that... You're right. One of us said it. It wasn't me. One of you two said it. It's all to do with the writing, and they wouldn't, because it's difficult, isn't it? They wouldn't necessarily have written it in this bullet-pointy way. It would be, therefore, easier to read in their style. This is true. But this yeah. is true. Okay, well, the, the, you know, I didn't do 100% brilliant, but... You did. No, you did. You, you... you were on... Uh, yeah, but you were on a, a, literally hiding to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly <laughs> so. If you ever meet an actor, if you ever get get somebody to say, I'd like to become a voiceover, and you say, well, there are only two things you need to be able to do. And when they say, what's that? They say, imagine, the world is fine. Everything is lovely. No matter what's going on around you, it's fine. And how do you say that? Radio 4. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, right, uh, Philip, Sam is going to give you a new motivation for one of these scripts. Let's see I what she comes up am, with for you. I am. I am going to give you... Oof. I'm actually going to go back and give you a Disney. Oh, do the, the Disney, Disney script, yes. Absolutely. And I would love to hear you do it... I, I want you to do it in a really seductive way. Oh. Seduce me, Philip. 
And the Walt Disney Company is everywhere. And over the years, they've crept into more and more places, thanks in large part to billions of dollars. <laughs> thanks in large part to billions of dollars of acquisitions of already famous brands. Some of you may be huge Disney fans and view this as a great thing. After all, more brands within the Disney family can mean more awesome theme rides and attractions. <laughs> but there are also Disney detractors who view the Disneyfication of things as a dumbing down or as an edge softening of a brand that previously <laughs> had some grit. And we're going to explore both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. I mean, that, that is seductive. I mean, it's almost <laughs> yes. creepily seductive. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it's just, if he sat beside, behind me on a bus, I'd yes. be calling the police. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, help, yeah, very help. much. I love that. I love that. It just goes to show that with pausing and, and, bring, oh, and yeah. bringing in breathiness, um, the ASMR of and kind of stuff from that absolutely. is like, whoa. And making the most of edge. Yes. Softening. Softening. <laughs> Brilliant. Lovely. Right. Uh, let's give one to Sam then, Philip. I'm going to suggest this one. I'm going to suggest the Walt Disney Company. And just because we've been uh, Walt Disneyfying okay. this, I'm going to go, can you give me a Mickey Mouse style character or, or a Disney oh character? So um, like uh, Mickey or Minnie or not specifically them, but but a cartoon character in a, in a, a oh very light. God. So the opposite of seductive, really. We the... are back to the horror of the very, very first one we ever did, aren't we? I'm going to do some terrible Yo Samity Sam thing, aren't I? No. It doesn't have to be American. It doesn't have to be American. No, it doesn't it's have like, to be American. Like, can think little true. girl okay. kind of style. Okay. Yes, actually, that's a good one. I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah, channel yeah. your inner yes. Heidi. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes. Quite. Yeah. Okay. All right then. The Walt Disney Company is everywhere. And over the years, they've crept into more and more places, thanks in large part to billions of dollars of acquisitions of already famous brands. Some of you may be huge Disney fans and view this as a great thing. After all, more brands within the Disney family can mean more awesome theme park rides and attractions. But there are also Disney detractors who view the Disneyfication of things as a dumbing down or as an edge softening of a brand that previously had some grit. And we're going to explore both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> Did you have a picture of who you were voicing in mind? No, but I stood in a really embarrassing way. <laughs> I love the weak R coming through there that's yeah. put in deliberately. I love yeah. that because it gives it a certain, oh, je ne sais quoi. If anybody's done ballet out there, I was standing in first position. <laughs> I was Very like an good. Italia Conti girl stepping up to the mic. Fading up underneath you at the, at, at the end, <laughs> when you got to the both sides of those Mickey Mouse ears. In the background, all you needed was the... <laughs> <laughs> and then children of the night. 
Shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, blimey. Uh, well, uh, there's the wild card. Well, the scripts are in the show notes, so why not have a go for fun in the comfort of your own booth? But mm. we would love to hear it too if you want to send it to us on MP3. As well as your MP3s, if you have the balls to send them in, <laughs> if you've got any voiceover questions that you would like answers to, you can send your question for future episodes to podcast at britishvoiceover.co.uk. Well, our question this week is something that I know Philip feels strongly about. Mm. Who should you go to for advice on voiceover? Mentors, coaches, social media accounts? And how should you choose a voiceover coach? Over to you, Philip. (laughs) There's enough information out there that most people really don't need a voiceover coach. So it depends where you want. It's far better to to take acting lessons, I would have thought. But the thing to do is look at a person's body of work, not the claims they're making. Yeah. Mm. Um, and look at their body of work and then just think, were they somebody who happened to be lingering in the car park and they just got used? Because a lot of voiceovers have done well purely due to serendipity. But mm-hmm. um, the way the market's working now, we've had the chance of chance meetings taken away from us and everybody's terrified of being networked. Mm. So yep. I'd just say, find somebody with a reputation. Find somebody who is sans massive massaged ego and just say, can I spend 15 minutes chatting with you? I think you could actually launch a career if people paid attention and understood if they spent sort of 15, 20 minutes just talking to a working voiceover with a body of work behind them. So you can say, um, yeah, there's no point in me advising you on how to do the Radio 1 breakfast show uh, because I had no idea what radio DJs do or radio DJs. Why? (laughs) But I suppose different coaches specialise in... Uh, different things don't they so they can help you in certain genres and um, because I suppose it used to be that people learnt on the job you know years ago absolutely we we learnt because we were physically in the studio with other people and directors worked with you directly and um and you got you got a lot from your peers that were literally around you. Well, that doesn't happen. And that's so much the sad, lo- sad loss of the industry today. Yeah, though, isn't it? you're you're sort of alone. So you need a sounding board, if you like. You need somebody to. Well, this is what this is my 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 feeling is. You need somebody to help you hone the skills that you can have. If you see what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense, and and it's uh, uh, it gets back to just washing all the other stuff away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I invented some, yeah, because people were inventing jargon about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and me and a guy in New York started yeah, talking about it, say, well, th- the way to do a great TV promo is just to use, insert the Iranian double pause. <laughs> and of course, most intelligent people laughed, but uh, as you'll know from some of the voiceovers you've met, and I'm not going to finish that sentence for diplomatic reasons. <laughs> Indeed, very sensible. So thank you so much, Philip, for being oh, yeah. our victim, our guest on this particular episode. I hope you don't feel too much of a victim. <laughs> no, it was great fun. Thank you. Oh, good. It was good lovely stuff. having you. Thank you. Well, we'll be putting today's scripts in the show notes and also Philip's details so that you can have a, a look yourself. Please do have a go and send them to podcast at britishvoiceover.co.uk. As Sam says, if you have the balls, if we would love balls. to hear what you do with them. 
<laughs> and of course, as we said, it is also the same email address for your voiceover questions too. Well, if you enjoy listening to the podcast and you've got time, we would love you to write a review on Apple Podcasts for us. Go on, go on, yes, why not? We'd love that. Please do give us a review. Uh, that would be amazing. Indeed. So as long as it's a good one, obviously. Oh, don't, yeah, don't, don't give don't, us a bad Don't review. worry about yeah. these bad reviews. No. <laughs> anyway, well, that is it for this week. And Philip? This is the bit where we all say the title of the show together at the end. Mm -hmm. So, it's how do they say that? No, it isn't. It's how do you say that? Oh, my God. Well, there you go. How do you say that? See, so I'm I'm giving you a bum steer. How do you say that is what we'll be going. So, we'll be back next week with more scripts and another voiceover guest when we'll be asking, how How do you you say say that? that? How do you say that? How do you say that? In sync, apparently. How do you say that? that?